So we won't spoil, hopefully, the documentary for you. It's definitely worth going to watch because um, I learned, like I said, I learned a lot about it um, from something as simple as how the word avocado I feel like the 13-year-old boy in me just could not stop laughing at the <laughs> Dude, fact that somebody's going to break it out. <laughs> I like that. Avocado is an alligator pear um, or I can't I can't say it, but it's an Aztec word for testicle is where they got the name, the word avocado. Yeah. Awoctel or something like that. Yeah. Um so I thought that was so funny. Kind of like eating a creamy testicle. Really? Oh, that sounds terrible. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, really? You made it up. You just made it not funny, though. I, mean, I know, right? You brought it up. I'm just saying. I mean, they named it. They named it. Yeah, because it's... it. What? Well, it looks like what? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It does look like a pear that has like, some bumps on the outside, yeah, right? So, exactly. Um, so, you know, it was interesting. Right <laughs> <laughs> I wish the audience could see April's face. She looks so uh, horrified. I mean, a pimply test. No, okay, let's move on. Okay, yeah. I mean, so let's just keep calling it avocado because, you know, that seems like a safe word. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, the weekend chef, also known as the artisan. In today's episode, we're going to share our impressions of a documentary series that's on Netflix. It's called Rotten. And their official site says that this docuseries travels deep into the heart of the food supply chain to reveal unsavory truths and expose hidden forces that shape what we eat. And so the episode that we watched is called The Avocado War. First of all, whose idea was this? Why, why did, I don't, I don't even know how it came to us. <laughs> we, well, we're plant-based. I don't know if you noticed, but an avocado is kind of a plant and, uh, delicious one by the way i mean yes. avocado toast like i mean it's, it's that's like a millennial guacamole of right mm. um it's a great super full food like it's all the things from an american perspective i don't know about other places but avocados pretty much in everything and they're pretty ubiquitous although they are not native to where we are you can manage to get some so it seems super fascinating. Like, how is it rotten? Tell me all about it. And we started to talk about it as a team like, offline, obviously. And then so yeah, go, watch it. go watch it. Yeah, I I learned a lot about avocados, something that kind of like quinoa. You know, I feel like, OK, avocados have been around for forever. But in the last, what would you say, five years, mm. they've gotten super popular, to your point, ubiquitous. And even when we were in Europe, I felt like we could get avocados at every market we went to, similar to getting avocados here in the U.S. Yeah. It's interesting because... They're not native to Washington, D.C., where we are, and yet you can get them all year round. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's part of what the documentary talks about, is kind of the hidden cost of being able to you know, meet the demand, this increased demand for avocados. Yeah. In fact, the line that caught my attention was, how avocados went from fatty and indulgent to a superfood. Um, and that's really how we see it, is an opportunity for plant-based people to add fat and protein and 
creamy yumminess to things that don't have dairy. That's how I think of it. It's true. And avocado is one of those ingredients like coconut milk or coconut cream that's kind of like a go-to. You want to add some creaminess to something, toss in the avocado, you're pretty much... And it keeps you full longer. Hello, where where do you get your protein, people? Um, (laughs) Toss in some avocado and then that nice, good fat will anchor it. And so it's this idea. It's a superfood and yet it's been around. So how is it like... um, It kind of seemed to come on into our collective consciousness from my perspective when avocado, like avocado toast became ubiquitous where you could get it everywhere. Recipes were everywhere. Instagram was full of avocado toast. And it's just like, from my perspective, it was like, when did avocado toast become like a thing? It's like a marker for a certain generation or a certain um, demographic that lives here. Um, When did avocado become this amazing food? And it was always around, but... um, you know, the idea that it came, what type of avocado too? Because we know that like that the, interesting, the yeah. red tomato that we get typically here in the United States is a genetically modified tomato. It's made to be perfect. So it begs the question, like all this avocado we might get, is it made also made to be perfect? And it talks about that in the documentary, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting. I always think it's interesting that we have such an abundance of avocados, considering that they go bad in about uh, 12 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right, exactly. It takes forever that? to get them ripe, and then all of a sudden they're like, and then they're oh, done. Right. Too ripe. Yeah, it's so like hot. the corpse flower. Like, right. It only happens yeah, these two days. And, well, yeah. when I buy my avocados, I usually buy them as far as super green, and then I buy them somewhat black. And then if I want to have something that night, I'll buy them ripe so that they progressively go bad. Yeah. I always see. You mean I'll, progressively ripen to perfection. No, they they go bad because <laughs> yeah, I maybe bad. throw away exactly. maybe three out of the oh, six no. that I buy. I usually Terrible. throw away. Yeah, because. Because yeah, they're a beautiful food. They are. They're amazing. I love them. You guys know I love the, avocado. The other piece about that documentary is the fact that the cartels now, like yeah. avocados are so in demand that the cartels have developed an industry or I don't know if you guys, a crime I call it, yeah. culture yeah, around It's a magnet yeah. for yeah. What was the the, the, the uh the term that they used? I think it was something green gold or green what was the hmm. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I think it was green gold. Green gold, yeah. Right. They labeled yeah. it green gold, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we won't spoil hopefully the documentary for oh. you. It's definitely worth going to watch because um I learned like I said, I learned a lot about it. Um from something as simple as how the word avocado like the 13 year old boy in me just could not stop <laughs> laughing at the Dude, somebody's gonna bring it up <laughs> like avocado is an alligator pear mm-hmm. um or i can't i can't say it but it's an aztec word for testicle is where they got the name the word avocado yeah a or something like that yeah um so i thought so that was kind of like eating a creamy testicle really oh that sounds terrible. really <laughs> Really, oh, really. You, made it not, you just made it not funny, though. <laughs> I know, right? You brought it up. I'm just saying. I mean, they named it. They named it. Yeah, yeah. because it's it. What? Well, it looks like one. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It does look like a pear that has like bumps on the outside, yeah, right? So exactly. Um. So really you know, it was. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the audience could see April's face. She looks so um, horrified. I mean, a pimply. You said no. Okay, let's move on. Okay, yeah. I mean, so let's just keep calling it avocado because you know that seems like a safe word. 
Um, but, you know, the idea is that, you know, people were avoiding them because they were because they're fat. Right. And right. so if you think about the history of the American diet and how it went from, you know, low fat, low sugar to where it is today, there was a period in the 80s where people were avoiding fat at all costs. And so um, it wasn't until the 90s that we saw this spike and the rise of avocados being available, um, primarily out of Southern California, because that's the climate where they grow in the U.S. Exactly. Right. But now we get them from Mexico because they can get them all over at, at the different seasons. We can get them in every season if they're imported. Yeah. But if you and if you think about it, um, when I was watching, they were talking about, you know, Southern California was sp- specifically San Diego County, which is, in my opinion, the best part of California. <laughs> um, it's just a fact. Yeah. It, it, there's just something <laughs> special about San Diego County. Right. Like Laguna all the way to Mexico. It's just beautiful. But yeah. Um, that as the the rise of demand for housing came, then they started to take away some of the areas that had been dedicated to farmland. And that's really the only place in the U.S. where avocados were, were able to grow native, I guess, natively grow. Um, and so then um, NAFTA was signed uh, into law by President Clinton, and that allowed Mexican farmers to begin to import some of their avocados, which helped to fuel kind of the year round requirement and just the overall demand. Because if you go into Whole Foods, especially this week, right, when the Super Bowl is happening um, and that's the greatest time that avocados are consumed in the U.S. is people making, you know, seven layer dips and guacamole and stuff for the Super Bowl parties. You go into Whole Foods, there's just like a a mound of avocados because they recognize like, oh, people are going to want this. And so. We had to get them from other parts of Central and South America to be able to meet that demand. Yeah, I could stand in judgment, though, of that globalization and all the reasons that that's probably not a good thing, that people can get avocados at all time of the year. Like, uh, it disconnects us from eating seasonally. Right. Um, um, but, you know, I can get on a soapbox about that. But um, it was also interesting. I'll just add to that as we pile on here that the Haas avocado emerged as the american standard if you will for like for some reason there are lots of different kinds of avocado and different in different texture but the haas emerged because it was bigger i believe and because it was i don't know remember if i remember it was something about the shape of it and it packed easily right and so it made for transportation it yeah, could travel longer, it's smaller exactly. it's smaller more. yeah and it, it traveled better yeah so but I think the texture was better in the other avocado, I believe, slightly, right? Yeah. yeah. There were so. pros and cons with both. Yeah. Right. I had this green avocado the other day, and I bought it is after I watched this... Uh, documentary? Documentary. Is it a documentary? Is it a documentary? It's, it's yeah. a docu-series. So anyway, this episode. Um, and it just said green avocado. This thing was like the biggest avocado I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, I could see why you would want to make this smaller because <laughs> <laughs> this is not sustainable. Um, well, also for perishability, right? Yeah. Because once you, you open it, you have to eat it. Yeah. yeah. Although I will say a little plug for Hill's Kitchen on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. I just went in there recently and I bought these avocado like skins. So they come in two sizes and they they're like these little silicone wrappers that go over the avocado and it actually has it kept it fresh. Like I cut one and used some for breakfast and then maybe a day and a half, two days later, I came back and the rest was still pretty good. So I was like, oh, this works pretty amazingly. Mm-hmm. That's a nice tip. 
Yeah, more plastic. plastic though. I'm not a big fan of using plastic. Silicone. She said silicone. Oh, yeah. so it's reusable. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'll buy into that. Um, a friend of mine says that when you like make guacamole, what she does is um, she keeps the pit with whatever exactly, she's made. Exactly, right. Apparently that helps, which I'm it totally does. fascinated it helps. by. Yeah. Um, but it, and, you know, it's not going to be keep it for a week. It'll keep right. it for no. 24 hours Just longer hours than removing like it. That. Yeah. Yeah. And also storing in an an actual half or a portion of an, an onion inside a closed, uh, maybe glass um, container also helps as well. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, a couple of things. That. Yeah, now you know. Yeah, because if if really, if you think about the rate at which you said you're discarding your overripe avocados, Lawrence, that means half of what you purchase, yeah. you're not able to consume. Exactly. And that waste is stunning for me because... Well, in watching the documentary, one of the things that stood out was that it takes 18 gallons of water to produce right. a single avocado. Audience, y'all know she cares about the water crisis. So here she is. She's taking a deep breath. Go, 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 go. Soapbox <laughs> is coming out. Here it is. Well, okay. So no, I'm not going to get on my soapbox because clearly nobody else cares about the little no, planet. No, but no, we no, little planet. Really. But one of the things that struck me is that as you look at avocado production in places like Mexico and Chile and was it Peru or Ecuador that uh, these were not climates that are well uh, that are, you know, uh, where the avocado can grow. It's not habitable. I can't think of the word. Um, it's not well positioned uh, to be able to grow in those climates. And yet these are the places that are like, hey, we're going to grow avocados, you know, because they I think the other thing is a lot of the farmers in those places came to California and some sort of like, you know, farmer trade for the day thing um, and or at least seminars they attended and then they learned how to grow avocados and what kind of climate and what kind of conditions they need. And so they went back and they started producing it. Well, these are places that are also um, pretty dry. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah, um, affected by drought. And so as a result, they've taken water that could be used for their citizens mm. and they're Instead, using it to grow avocados and to improve the economy That's for really American crazy. citizens exactly. to throw half away. No offense, yeah. yes, but <laughs> but like I mean, it's that idea, right? Like this because America can afford to buy this thing, we can afford to get it all year round. Again, not buying seasonally, right? right. Um, and but we can, so we sure why not? We can't eat more meat, so we do, right? Um, we can't eat more avocados all year round, so we do, but at what expense? Right. Right. And I wonder sometimes when I go in the store and they have like the already bagged, you know, avocados and you can feel like they're starting to go bad. Well, they're not going to break them up and rebag them. Right. So that as they go through, they're probably picking the ones like, oh, nobody's going to buy this because three of the five or three of the four or whatever are a little soft. And so they're throwing all of them away. Um, and it's it's just a shame that that I would say America, but other parts of the world, too, are on the avocado train. Have, have created a an environment where, you know, people can't have water to sustain their lives just so that we can have guacamole. Yeah. Guacamole is awesome. I mean, but Especially Lawrence's. Sorry. Oh, thank you. I Yeah, I love your guacamole. Uh, <laughs> it's so simple, and yet you just make it so delicious. I don't even... I don't a even lot know of love do. in it. I it love you guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm going to cheat on thank Lawrence you. here and say also my friend Kelly makes it pretty... Oh, she wow. does. Oh, Kelly does. She does. You cheating on me again? Yeah, I'm sorry. She, I had to just... I had to step she out for a moment. Sorry, Lila, you wouldn't go. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
the thing that stuck out to me uh, in the documentary in terms of uh, sacrificing the lives of the citizens to grow the avocados is that, you know, we really have reached a place where it's dollar over life, really, you know, where you're willing to risk the lives of the citizens. There was a little part in the documentary where this like lady is, I guess she's buying water mm-hmm. or they were rationing out the water to the citizens. And she's like, when do you think we're going to get some more water? And he was like, I don't know, maybe next week. And in the meantime, they've got a whole sprinkler system that's like water in this field of avocados, yeah. you know, and the residents are suffering. I just saw um, something uh not too long ago with the fires in Australia and that they wanted to kill some of the animals so that they could use the water for trying to put out the fire and that sort of thing. And it's, it's become this thing of like, what are we really using our resources for? You know, there's, we have a lot of problems around the world and like, I don't think, I don't think guacamole for the Super Bowl is like high on the priority, on the priority Mm -hmm. list of, of things that we could be doing with water and resources and that sort of thing. And that's really what the documentary left me feeling is um, it's not this this creating for the demand is really not serving us because people have become so dollar focused that the lives of the very people who would potentially buy your avocados are at risk, you know? And I think that's the part for me always when we have these conversations is like we're so disconnected from where our food comes from. And I speak from Americans, but I think probably globally, except for in places where they know they buy their food at a local market, they know where it comes from. Generally speaking, most of uh, the world, I think, outside of that context are very much so disconnected from food and especially in the places of affluence where we can have trucks. I mean, how much gas are we burning, right? Fossil fuels and planes that are lifting off to bring us, you know, something fresh from wherever, South America, because it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Like, it it just creates this sense of like, well, you can't, you have you have to have avocados, but do you? But what, what, what would you eat if you couldn't have access? If you had to go walk to Mexico to get the avocado, what would you eat instead? Right? And, and well, what are we missing in the food chain? <laughs> I don't want to know what I would eat instead. I, I'm not. I'm not willing to give up avocados. I mean, I took a lot out of this documentary and said, "Oh, that's not good." But you know, and we can talk at the end of the episode what what we will do differently or what can be done differently. But um, just personally, I, I said, "Well, you know, I feel like yes, avocados use a lot of water, which I did not realize, um, but far less than beef or some other crops." So. You know, I'm okay still consuming avocados, but I I will be paying greater attention to how I buy them. So individually, instead of in bags where they're likely to go bad um, more quickly or they're more than I need um, and and where I store them, too. But anyway, we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I took anything as like an action item. It was more so like, see. See, the world is burning. I told y'all. And the people, uh, I'm eating this avocado. This woman over here doesn't won't get water for a week. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, it's easy to disconnect. Like, well, okay. We do it all the time. Right. It wasn't in the documentary, but it, it made me wonder. Because I feel like avocado toast is relatively new. Like maybe in the right. last 10 years. Definitely. But guacamole, I was like, hmm, when did guacamole become like a big thing? And I, I, I agree. Yeah. I just, I, I, I think the statistics that you're, you were speaking about that guacamole is 
consumed at rates unlike any other time in the entire year during the Super Bowl. I never knew that. I never. But it makes sense, though, because everyone is congregating together and avocados are amazing. And yeah, chips and dip is kind of a traditional, you know, uh, party food. But I would be okay if if that was the surge, right? Like like the production went up in December to support the end of the football season and the playoffs. And then it went back to more moderate levels. But I was thinking about Chipotle because to me, like that's the first place where guacamole was available on a very consistent basis. Like I couldn't, I couldn't think of another mass produced place where guacamole is always available. And I was like, Oh, Chipotle. Well, good thing for, I mean, Chipotle is pretty ethical generally speaking. So I, I feel like I can trust them a little bit in where they're sourcing and how and all that. But I mean, I don't. I'm not, I'm not say, involved I mean, in their food chain. I don't know exactly, but yeah. generally speaking, they've been pretty ethical about how they do things. And, and I'm not suggesting that there's any nefarious intent by any any of these companies. Sure. Um, but I was just trying to think of well, where else besides avocado toast do we see avocados being used? You know, in our culture. And so I, I this wasn't in the documentary, but you know, Chipotle was founded in 1993, I believe. Um, and by 2015, they had 2,000 locations, most of which are here in the U.S., or I should say in North America. Um, and guacamole is extra, right? So I think that that's maybe a deterrent, like, hey, do you really want that? And I, of course, because I don't, you know, get the meat and I don't get the beans most of the time, I pretty much always get the guacamole. I'm like, that's fine. I'll pay extra. Yeah. Um, but it, it just occurred to me that you know, that's that's a change in our in our culture that you may not even think about. Well, what does this mean for the global economy um, and this, you know, increased requirement for more avocados in the U.S.? But apparently it is having an impact on the economy. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I think uh, Chipotle is probably the first place I remember uh, having guacamole. I remember when they first had guacamole mm-hmm. Chipotle probably had just come out. And I was like, I don't even like avocados. So, nope, I'm going to pass. But I don't know, for whatever reason, I ended up, maybe I was with a friend. And I was like, okay, I'll try this, like, guacamole thing. I guess it's fine. Um, And then I was like, oh, it's actually, like, pretty good. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I'll have some more of that and some more of that. And now, yeah, of course, I love guacamole but um, and avocados, period. But I do think that Chipotle was, like, part of the turning point, at least for here where we are and probably for my generation um like i feel like chipotle kind of brought the the guacamole to the front although if you get a veggie bowl they don't charge you oh that's right i was gonna say yeah you're right yeah right they don't charge you and so um i think what was good about chipotle when it came on the scene is that we had you know your typical fast food where there Mm. wasn't much fresh food yes They were one of the first to emerge as like, oh, there's actually fresh food here. There's something made um, that doesn't come out of a can or isn't fried in a deep fryer. Um, And I remember thinking that guacamole, does it come from a mix? Is it like some kind of pre-mix? I remember wondering like, how, well, how can you make that much of it? (laughs) And it, you know, yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the tomatoes too, and then mm-hmm. they're they're called they're, the food is culturally based and you know based on Mexican food or you know that the Hispanic diaspora food, and so it made sense that they, that's very prevalent in their food is guacamole. Um, 
the tortilla chips, the salsa, right? So mm-hmm. it made sense. And I was I was curious because they were able to bring even tomato salsa. I mean, tomatoes are not always available here in the United States everywhere. And yet, how, how do you how can you make that much of it all the time right. in 2000 locations? Right. Right. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Well, I, I, um, I still describe a lot of places as the Chipotle of whatever. Oh, definitely. Right? Well, yeah, because their yeah. model blew up. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So all the fast casual restaurants where you go through the line and they prepare it in front of you at your exactly. request, yeah. you know, that's that's what Chipotle, Chipotle brought. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think they, they do it well. And, and they're, well. Um, even the other Mexican style fast food places like Qdoba or Baja Fresh, it's not the same, no. you know, and they, they don't have the same success. Um, so again, not saying like there's anything wrong with Chipotle, but I was just trying to remember like when, when did guacamole become a thing? Yeah. Yeah. So is there any, so you said there were no action items you would take out of the documentary? No, it was more like a red flag. One more thing. Like when I watched the documentary about, uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, earthlings and it was just like (gasps) (gasps) confirmation. (gasps) The world is burning. (gasps) Oh my God. Uh, you know, sorry. Like I would like to have had some. Like you know, okay, I'm gonna be more thoughtful about my avocados now because I I actually feel like I play a, a game of like I'm in the store. How when do I expect to eat this? Right. How Same here. ripe do I want it to be? And then they see my house is pretty warm. I live on the sixth floor, so they they come up fast. You leave them on the counter. Right. I, I tried putting them in there. I just feel like putting in the refrigerator doesn't yeah, no, quite so yeah so it's pretty warm in my place and then they it's like i buy them and two days they're they're ready to go and i'm like but i'm not ready yet i'm not ready yet i'm not ready yet so i i prefer them on a sandwich i prefer them really just sliced avocado i just love it mm-hmm. plain with a yeah. little mild on salt and i'm like golden um but also smoothies and mixing them into different things but um so i feel like it's a dance a game like avocado be good to me like you know Let's have a long-term relationship. <laughs> don't, right. don't quit me too soon. <laughs> but just so you know, uh, avocados, they do not begin to ripe until you pull them off the tree. So you'll never find uh, an overripe avocado on the tree. Did you know that? Nope. I did not, yep. I did not know that. They start the ripening process when you pull them off of the tree. But, but So how much time? So that begs the question of like, how much time does it take in transit? Right. Well, good point. So they're always unripe, I guess, when you you, uh, you, you in the store. Do you have a sense of like when, how to pick a ripe avocado? Yes, okay. I do. So um, in my opinion, you always want to pick a green avocado and plan out when you're going to eat them. Hence my recommendation at the beginning of the conversation. So uh, if you know you're going to have a several avocados towards the end of the week, you probably want to get a, a really green one. But if you're going to eat them maybe tomorrow, a lot of times when I'm prepping for one of our dinners, I will think about that. So, and another thing is you can, I know people are going to hate us at Safeway and don't Giant. Peel, don't, don't peel back the skin. I don't peel back the skin, but you hit the little nub yeah. off. And oh. if it's green on the inside, go ahead and buy it. But if it's brown, <laughs> mm, put it back. Yeah. And I hate is when people. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can yeah, and, and I also go with the feel like if yeah. it's if it's got a go ahead, describe it. No, you're you're absolutely right. So you can depress it just a little bit to see if it gives. But again, if you don't eat it within a certain amount of time, when you cut that avocado wherever someone pushed that <laughs> thumbprint, you're gonna see that brown, brown part. Spot. Yeah. So yeah. So gently squeeze. Yeah. Just to see how much just it will a get. little, yeah. Not 
Yeah. Why do you laugh? Why you laugh? I just from our we're not gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> at the end of the documentary they talked about um, you know, having some sort of like registry for avocados and where they came from, you know. So they said that if they approached it like I don't think he said diamonds, but he said conflict free, which made me think of blood diamonds. Really? Mm. Or he said coffee, which I guess they have like fair trade coffees. Um, that they could do the same thing with avocados and that way people at least would be aware of where's my avocado coming from, what's the impact of the people who live in that vicinity of the earth, and am I contributing to something that's really to the detriment of another human being? Mm. Um, and, and I just thought, man, that's a lot of that's pressure. That's a lot of pressure at the yeah. grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. It really I I, I mean it personally, is. I just feel like it shouldn't be I mean First of all, avocados are tend to be on the expensive side in terms of yeah. like if you're going to buy them, if you're going to buy good ones, right? They tend to be on the expensive side compared to I don't know an onion, maybe I don't know, but in this area, you don't think you don't so? Think so? So like a an organic onion, you could probably get two for three dollars. I feel like you can get avocados at about that in two, season, two for four dollars in season. I mean, I've seen and where are you going? Yeah, and you know. and such. But I feel like. Um, and, and and can we just one more time say 18 gallons of water to produce one, one avocado? Yeah, that's you aren't crazy. even like the cost of the avocado does not accurately reflect what it took to produce it and bring it to the market. I, I just so what I don't do you under- say? You say we don't. I mean, no, no, I, I'm, I, said I appreciate I'm the information, them. but I mean, they're avocados. y'all. <laughs> I, I just I'm, I'm astounded at how. I, I don't even know how we've made it this far. No, it just is, right. you know, because, yeah, we're we're just using all the water like it's nothing. It's not. OK, but OK, so fine. You want to go there. Fine. Let's go there. Listen, it's not that there's not enough water. The appropriation of the water is the problem. There's plenty of water. And yes, the earth is mostly salt water. However, we get plenty of fresh water. With the, we would get plenty of fresh water if the planet was not so out of whack, if we were not messing it up with global warming. Oh, if Australia was not burning. Like, we would get plenty of water. It's not the water. It's the appropriation. So... It it takes eighteen gallons of water to for the single avocado. Okay, the only part that I connect to, or the part that really resonates to me, is like, okay, so w- why is that a scarcity thing? W- w- there should be plenty of water on the planet. There's meant to the Earth recycles water. So the scarcity issue is a human problem and a human created. Not it's not the fact that there's it's not the water. Like I'm just suggesting that if you bought eighteen gallons of water, it would cost you in the neighborhood of seventeen seventy five, maybe eighteen dollars. And that doesn't even include the cost to plant the seed, work the soil, put it on a truck, drive it here. And and we're buying two for four dollars. That's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap. Anyway, we, we should have pay, a water conversation some other time. Water. I mean, can we just. OK, well, we're um, going to. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go there with you today. But we'll have a water conversation. I mean, do, do you not agree? We should not be paying for water. Like it's a basic human right. What's a net right? It is like a air, basic human yeah. like air. Like why but are we so paying for water? And we pay for that. So. Why do we they pay for bottled water? Just for air. I That's know. We're we gonna be paying for it, y'all. You're right. I'm in trouble because I breathe heavy. <laughs> <laughs> air. <laughs> 
So any uh, any other insights or actions that you'll take differently with your avocado purchasing? I'm with April. I don't think I'm going to change much, even though I do. Discard You're part a lot. of the problem. I am. <laughs> I am. But if anything, I think I'll be more aware of what goes on behind the scenes um, and how my fellow human is affected and to be more conscious of that. And uh, I think just that I, I can't stop eating. Well, and I mean, if we could say, avocado addiction is pretty, um, uh, as addictions go, that's um, pretty banal. That's pretty innocuous. But to your point, Jen, like, okay, but 18 gallons of water for an avocado versus how many for a pound of beef? Oh, like six, 1600. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, what I thought about doing differently is instead of buying bagged, you know, avocados that are already bagged um, and the little, you know, you net buy bagged m- avocados? Net meshed thing. Judge much? You know, <laughs> you, you know <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I guess we can't be friends anymore. That's fine. No. I, uh, why? Know. Why? Is that like, <laughs> I bought a Sacrilege? blood diamond. I feel like I bought a blood diamond. Right. <laughs> um, so judgy and right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to pick my own avocados for that very reason. Yeah. Okay, but we've already established the fact that, like, like you are the no as homemade. I I'm I am not... the shortcut queen, oh, and you okay. are like okay. homemade everything. You know, like you have you have you have your own herbs growing on your in your on your balcony, right? I'm <laughs> yes, like, please, is that I true? Yes. 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 I have a herb garden. You Check out my even, page, my feed. He can't even go out there. Whoa. It's overgrown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. So, yeah, sometimes I would buy bagged avocados, but now I'm going to buy just the amount that I need so that they can be eaten in a relatively short period of time. And then I don't end up throwing them away. I also don't store them on my counters anymore, mostly because I wanted to keep my counters clean. And I store them underneath a cabinet so that they're not exposed to light and, you know. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. It seems like they seem to last a little bit longer in the dark, cooler place. Lawrence, yeah. we're going to rename you the avocado snob, artisan <laughs> to avocado right. snob. Yeah, you buy like... bags of avocados. I mean, <laughs> wow, that was pretty strong there. Or maybe the oh, herb yes. guy. The herb guy. You just call him Herb. Herb. Hey Herb. Okay. <laughs> It'll be interesting conversation. You show up in rooms like I'm the herb guy. What kind of herb we talking about here? Right. Yeah. Um, we don't want to. We do. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> we do live what in the kind of herb. Lisa, yeah. any any last thoughts or uh, eye opening actions based on what you learned in this documentary? E- no. She's uh, <laughs> like humans suck. We're, <laughs> we're we the do. worst species. We really are. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to stop eating my avocados. I I feel like I already do those things. Try to make sure that uh, when I buy them, I'm thinking about when I'm going to use them so that they don't go bad. Um, Good thing is my husband loves avocados, so I really can't even keep them in the house because he'll just eat them on on his own with bread, with whatever he feels like. So we're pretty good in in that area. Um, so yeah, other than that, I might try storing them in a yeah. I think that's a great idea. Cool, thank you, Jennifer. dark place. Uh, my apartment also gets really hot, so that could be one of the things. But honestly, they don't really go yeah. because you eat, them, you so eat them so fast. I mean, I don't. But. Also, <laughs> let's get. We should call out here just quickly that uh, avocados are a good source of plant based protein. Yes, absolutely. Believe thank it you, or not. April. 
Yes. And if you're not consuming things like sour cream, they are great for adding creaminess to mm-hmm. a dish. And, you know, smoothies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So enjoy your avocados this weekend. Be thoughtful about it, though. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. <laughs>